and companies that do that usually have a high turnover rate. After thinking about the positions you need and writing detailed job descriptions, you need to consider the skill set you want in each person for a particular position. Write that down and try to picture the person's responsibilities and what kind of qualities they need to have. With their skills and role outlined clearly, you can begin to move on to the next step and look for candidates to fill these positions. Prepare for the interview. An interviewer should prepare for the interview as much as the interviewees. This way, you can ask the right questions that will help you pick suitable candidates to fill the positions in your company. When you think thoroughly about the interview questions, you can begin to filter the candidates and separate the good from the bad. Ask about previous experiences and their role in the previous job. Ask them how they worked within a team, if they faced any problems with other people, and how they solved these problems. Interview questions aside, you should check candidates' references and verify the information they've provided. The last thing you want is to hire someone who lied on their resume, and it never hurts to check someone's background when they're applying for a job. Preparing for interviews also entails drafting a hiring budget before you even list jobs. It might be tempting to go hire as much talent as you can to help you grow your business, but you can't do that. You should set a hiring budget with each position's salary outlined according to experience and qualifications. And don't forget to consider additional expenses, like taxes and insurance, while creating your hiring budget. Are they a good cultural fit? Picking up from the last point, one thing to keep in mind while preparing for the interview is defining your company culture, which is the next point we'll tackle. Ask yourself this, what is the company's mission and what are the values? What mindset do you want your team to have and what behavior do you want them to display? While the candidate's professional background is key in the hiring process, cultural fit is equally as important. Finding a candidate who is a good cultural fit means finding someone who shares your vision and believes in the same ideals and values that you do. It also means finding someone who has a similar attitude as the rest of the company. Hiring someone who isn't a good cultural fit is a recipe for disaster. Sooner or later, negativity will spread among your team members and conflict will arise. You need to hire a team that is harmonious and works well. As a small business, you need to hire positive and self-motivated people who take the initiative and find solutions rather than dwelling on the problem. You need people who don't think of this job as a stepping stone to something bigger but rather a good job in a company with growth potential. When you hire employees that fit well within your company culture, you create a healthy work environment where people are satisfied and motivated to give their best. You also reduce the turnover rate and ensure that the people you hire and invest time in training will stay because they see the company's potential. People start to love their job when they work with like-minded coworkers and going to work every day doesn't turn into a chore. Hiring good cultural fits creates loyal employees that care about the business as much as you do, and loyal employees help you take your business to the next level. Consider all hiring options. You're looking for the best person to do the job at the end of the day, but what if that person doesn't even need to be on-premises? As a small business, you don't have the luxury of spending too much money on overhead costs. 
why not hire a remote employee with excellent qualifications and who is a good fit? Many companies now hire remote employees in different countries even because they realize it's not about someone clocking in eight or nine hours of work, but rather someone delivering the best performance in the way they see fit. Hiring remote employees takes a lot of stress off your people and gives them the space to create and innovate. It also reduces your overall costs. Some businesses could even work with entirely remote staff. If hiring remote employees won't work for your kind of business, you can also consider freelancers. Maybe you don't need a full-time graphic designer, but someone that comes on a project basis and does a task for you. The freelancer is then paid for the project, and you are spared from having to pay for a full-time post that you don't really need for your company. Moreover, hiring freelancers is a great way to gauge a candidate's abilities and work ethic. If you like what you see and the need for a full-time position arises, you can then hire from the pool of freelancers that you already know and have done business with before. The point of these examples is that you need to be flexible. Don't fixate on a certain approach when hiring people to work for you. Meet with people who might not have the experience but display passion and integrity. There is always room for growth and helping people to improve their skills, and you can be the one to guide them into becoming more seasoned professionals. Post Jobs Everywhere When you're looking to hire a new team, you should post your job posts anywhere you can. This includes everything from social media platforms to your website. Many millennials look for job posting on social platforms, like Facebook and Twitter, so it's not just LinkedIn. You should also add job postings to your website, as some of your followers might be interested, and they can be regular website visitors. Talk to your connections and ask your network if there is someone with the right qualifications. Headhunting works, and it could land you great talents easily, as opposed to you filtering dozens of resumes looking for the right fit for your company. Filter the applications. While it may be difficult to filter applications, it's something that you have to do. You shouldn't waste time interviewing all applicants because this is just a waste of resources. Instead, do extensive research on your applicants. Go through their resumes and check work samples. If they added social media links, check them out. If you have access to former employers, call them and ask about the candidate's performance. You need to learn everything you can about them to choose whether or not to invite them to an interview. You should focus on experienced and qualified individuals, but don't rule someone out without the experience, but with enough passion and creativity. If your research and inquiries about someone show that they may be a good fit, but don't have the credentials to back it up, meet with them. Sometimes, candidates do surprise you in interviews. However, if someone has neither the experience nor the creative spark, you shouldn't meet with them just for the sake of it. Hire the right person for the job. If you can't find what you're looking for, don't settle. Keep looking for a suitable candidate. It beats hiring the wrong person that would only cost you time and money. When you do find the right person for the job, make them an offer. One way to settle on the best candidate is to have a consistent interview process. It doesn't make sense to approach each interview from a different angle, and it will only make it difficult for you to make the final decision. Instead, follow the same process with each candidate and prepare your questions beforehand. This way, when you're trying to make a decision, 
you can make the right choice based on the applicant's answers to the same questions. Building the team. Onboarding new hires. With your new hires selected, you next need to onboard them. This is something else that you should prepare for in advance. Create an onboarding plan to introduce new hires to the company mission and goals, their roles, and what's expected of them. I'd recommend having a short training program for each position or a process to help them understand the job and your business and get hands-on experience. Perhaps the most important part of the onboarding process is communicating with your new team. Explain your vision for the business and let them know where you see this company going with their help. Talk about the company culture and what's expected of them as a whole for the business to succeed. Discuss future plans and the direction in which you plan on taking the business. You should also set goals for the team, like getting the first batch of clients or designing the product package. This is how you get new hires excited about what's to come and the company plans. Understand each employee's abilities. As a small business, you will get to work closely with each of your new hires. For that to work out, you need to understand what each of the people you've selected can do and what they cannot do. Your new hires will have come from various backgrounds, and to make them all work together for the greater good of the business, you need to understand these people. Each new member will have a different idea about how to do the job. Some of these ideas will align with yours, and others won't. This is where effective communication comes in. As the business owner, understanding your team's strengths and weaknesses and how they think is how you can get the best out of them. When you have that level of understanding, you can channel each person's strengths in a way that will help them grow, and your business expands. Creating a team that works well together isn't as easy as it sounds, and the way to do that is to understand what each person is capable of. Trust your people. This may be the hardest thing to do for a small business owner. You care so much about the idea, and you've probably invested too much time and effort into it that you fear it won't be safe in other people's hands. However, the only way to grow your business is to trust your new hires enough to delegate tasks so you can focus on the bigger picture. You hired these people to do a job, and they can't do it if you don't let them. It's not your job to handle every job in your organization, though you will be tempted to. It's your job to explain your expectations and what you need from each employee. More importantly, you need to provide them with the tools and resources to do their job well. You'll be there to support them, but you need to trust that they can do the jobs that they were hired to do. This part is challenging for a business owner, but you can't grow your company if you keep micromanaging and controlling every small detail. Establish accountability. Just because you run a small business doesn't mean there shouldn't be accountability. New hires should understand performance metrics and how they will be accountable for doing their jobs. After training them and giving them the resources they need to do the job, they should be held accountable for the results. Give them deadlines and challenge them to do their best. Follow-up is key for the success of any business, and as we mentioned earlier, Goals that aren't time-based aren't achievable goals. Accountability doesn't mean terrorizing your new hires. It simply means asking people to deliver their tasks on time. 
you will acknowledge those that perform and reward their success in any way you can. As for those that don't do the job, you should mentor them, guide them and help them improve rather than reprimand them for every single slip-up. The more you invest in helping your people get better, the more they will be loyal to the company and keen on seeing it grow. How to Retain Hires Hiring a team is one thing, but retaining that team is a whole other challenge. While building your organization, you need to be mindful of employee retention and you should keep working on this goal. One of the best ways to do that is to give new employees the chance to expand on their current roles. Yes, they need to have specific job roles, but if the employee is willing and able to explore new roles and do more, empower them to do that. It makes employees feel valued and not constrained by the bounds of a specific job description set by someone else. Mentoring your new employees is key if you want them to stick around. You have to be there when they need you, and you should always provide guidance. You shouldn't coddle them, but you should show them the ropes and be present when they need some questions answered. One of the main reasons why many employees leave their jobs is the lack of guidance and mentorship, as it doesn't feel fruitful when you're left on your own to do your job without any help. Team building exercises are a healthy practice that you can use not just to improve morale, but also to enhance performance and skills. A small business environment can be fast paced and somewhat tense, and team building exercises can help the group get accustomed to working together under that kind of pressure while also enjoying themselves. Another aspect that makes the difference in employee retention is how you handle failures as a team. Failure is part of the learning process, and you and your people will run into roadblocks sooner or later. Failure can be a massive learning opportunity that will help you and your team learn from your mistakes and avoid them in the future. The most important thing is to figure it out as a team rather than blaming people for their shortcomings. Invest in your team. If you want to help your team grow, you have to do more than talk about it. You need to invest in your team's growth because, as they grow, so will your business. This happens when you establish a clear and honest line of communication with your staff. By doing so, you understand their dreams and goals, and as a result, you can help them get there. Invest in your team by helping them improve their skills and grow so they can become the best versions of themselves. Give them the resources and tools they need to achieve their goals, and they will be forever loyal to you. The best way to invest in your people is not just through giving them training sessions and courses, though these are important, to also creating a healthy work environment where people can express themselves. Show your team that you care and make their growth your concern. With this kind of positive mindset, you create a positive work environment where people prosper and, in turn, the business moves forward. Identify negative patterns. Negative patterns in the workplace can create a host of serious problems, which is why you need to identify them early so you can act quickly. Despite creating a solid hiring plan and carefully vetting applicants, you may still choose one or two people that can be wrong for the job or a poor cultural fit. People often say all the right answers and put on a mask during interviews, and you may not be able to see their true faces until after you hire the person. While that is fine, we all make bad decisions. The key is to not let your ego get in the way. 
If you find that someone isn't a good fit, talk to them and try every possible approach to have them fit into the workplace. If it doesn't work, then your last resort should be firing them. Cultural fit aside, you need to be mindful of negative employee patterns that may affect harmony in the workplace. Employees with a stubborn mindset who want to keep doing things the same way they've learned rather than following your lead can be a negative influence. Those who don't work well with teammates are also challenging to handle, and they can cause quite a few problems in the workplace. Again, Firing employees should be your last resort after exhausting every other approach to fix the problem. Employees aside, you need to identify your own negative patterns as a manager. Don't be too set in your ways that you always assume that your way is the right way. Keep an open mind and listen to employee suggestions. Maybe someone has a different idea that could be better for the business. Don't talk down to your team and be mindful of micromanaging as it can drive many people away. You should be already aware of your personal shortcomings before you start a business, and you need to avoid these problems before they arise. The team you build can either make or break the business in a small business. Think of them as your partners and treat them as such, and they will have your back and show the business the respect and loyalty it deserves. The more you invest in your people, the better they'll perform, and the more they'll care about the business as if it was theirs. Chapter 8. Managing the Business By now, you have a business up and running as well as a team. This chapter will explore how you should manage the business and the things to keep in mind as you try to get your company off the ground. While your team is essential for the business's success, Companies that fail usually have management problems. In other words, your company's success depends on how you run things and the approach you take to both development and roadblocks. Tips to manage your small business Keep your finances in order. How you approach the financial aspect of the business is everything. Your finances need to be kept in order if you want things to run smoothly and the business to grow. The first thing you have to do is keep your personal and business finances separate. This is crucial since you'll be taxed separately from your business, so you need a separate account for your company other than your personal account. This keeps things in order and helps you avoid complications if something goes wrong with your personal or your company finances. As a small business, you need to be vigilant regarding your billing strategy. There will always be customers who are late on payments and cause complications with your invoicing system. This is why you need a solid billing strategy in place so you can have cash flow when you need it. Remember that you need money to order supplies and keep things running. Too many clients falling behind on their invoices can cause serious cash flow problems, so you need to approach your billing strategy correctly. The first thing I'd recommend doing is to invest in invoicing software. Invoicing software will make your life a lot easier, and it will keep you on top of your business finances. Software like QuickBooks handles invoicing for you and does things like create and send invoices and reminders. It can schedule recurring payments rather than sending one every month. This kind of software will help you keep track of every sale and invoice, which will make it a lot easier for you to send timely invoices. 
Payment delays often happen when the business itself forgets to send the clients the notification that their payment is due, which is a problem you can avoid with the right invoicing software. Apps like these will also prove useful when it's time to file your taxes, as they keep a list of your transactions and cash flow so you can easily calculate your taxes. It's always a good idea to hire an accountant for your business, especially if you plan on growing. They will manage this aspect of the business for you and take a load off your shoulders. With or without an accountant, you have to monitor your books regularly. At least once a month, preferably weekly or daily, go through your books to observe the cash flow and better understand your business finances. This will also let you know if someone is doing anything with your books that could lead to legal problems. Setting up healthy financial habits is key for the success of a small business, starting with regular monitoring of your books. The more you immerse yourself in your business finance, the better you'll be able to make the right decision for your company. For example, some companies struggle with the estimated quarterly tax payments. In this case, it may be better for your business to spread out tax payments, so you'd pay them monthly rather than quarterly. This way, your taxes can be added like any monthly expense. Choose the right time to expand. One of the hardest choices you'll have to make while running a small business is when to expand and when not to. Growth for the sake of growth is the wrong mindset to have as a small business owner. Many view success only in terms of growth, but this isn't necessarily the case. The goal is to have an increased return on your investment which doesn't always mean expanding. In fact, some experts recommend reducing the number of products in some cases to maximize your profits. You don't need to increase your sales per se, as many would lead you to believe. Let's do the math. If you add a dozen new products in your quest to expand and grow your business, and these products have minimal sales each, your overall sales will increase. Does this always translate to a bigger profit? Not necessarily. If you keep your current product lines and invest in better marketing or improving your best-selling products, your sales won't be divided across the current lineup in addition to the dozen new products. In other words, you won't let other products that may not offer anything new steal the spotlight from your superstar offering. At the end of the day, expansion shouldn't be your sole goal as a small business owner. You need to grow your business, even if it means improving on your current product lines rather than adding anything new. If and when the time comes to expand, then you will have the choice to move forward when the time feels right. But don't force your business to expand when it's clearly not ready. You'd just be adding more stress to your resources. Spreading yourself too thin isn't the way to grow. When the demand for your product is too big for your current team, then maybe you need to hire more people and expand your operations. Think of your growth plans in terms of demand and supply, and you'll know whether or not it's the right time to expand and grow your business. Invest in the future. Picking up from the last point, while you shouldn't force growth, you shouldn't also take it off the table. At some point, if things go your way, you should move forward and try to take your business to the next level. The only way to do that would be if you were preparing for it all along. This way, when the time is right and your business is ready for expansion, you will have the resources to grow your operations. 
set aside cash for when the right growth opportunity presents itself. This can even attract a career professional who can help you take the organization forward. Either way, it's investing in the company's future. You should always maintain a healthy cash flow with a part of it set aside in case you need to invest in a venture that will allow your company to grow. It's easy to lose yourself in the day-to-day -day operations of your company, but those won't get you to your dreams. You need to keep an eye on the big picture to seize the opportunity. Investing in the future doesn't just mean setting money aside. It also means preserving your energy and keeping a positive outlook on things, because the best is yet to come. Moreover, it means retaining your employees and making sure you have a solid team that will grow with the company. When you keep an eye on the company's future, you stop dedicating yourself to the daily problems of running a business, and you begin to create opportunities. You take the initiative and plant seeds for growth opportunities that you will eventually reap one day. Create and stick to a process. Consistency is the key to success of any business. This is why you need to create a process for every aspect of your business and make sure that you and your team stick to it. This process should be documented as a reference and easily accessible to every employee in the company because people simply forget. Create your company's standard operating procedures and make sure it's part of the onboarding presentation so new hires can learn what the company work process is like. Another benefit to standard operating procedures is increasing efficiency. As you document and go over your process, you will keep an eye on how your business is run in detail and tweak the process as you move forward. Some things may not work and could use some changes. Your process shouldn't be set in stone, and it needs to be flexible and ready for change whenever needed. Transparency should be a pillar of your process, no matter what kind of business you run. A culture of transparency is how a business can thrive and its people grow. You should establish a direct line of communication between you and your employees, where feedback is constantly given. Many leave jobs they actually like because they feel that they're not given enough feedback and it's hindering their development. Don't wait until the formal review comes around you can give your team feedback. On the other hand, transparency also means your people can come to you with any problems or questions they have. This level of open communication establishes trust and respect within an organization and contributes to a healthy work environment for all. Stop and evaluate. It may not be easy, but you always have to evaluate how your business is doing, not just at the end of every year. As the business owner, it's your job to always look for new ways to improve the processes and increase efficiency. I'd recommend doing it at least every three months to get a clear vision of how each quarter fares compared to the previous one. Focus on the things that are working and those that aren't so you can eliminate inefficiencies and maintain the processes that do work. The last thing you want for your business is to keep doing things that aren't working, which is a waste of time and resources. This is why you need to evaluate your business progress at every opportunity. It wouldn't even be a bad idea to do it every month, especially when you're starting out. In the beginning, it will take your team some time to get the hang of things and figure out what works best for them. When you evaluate the organization's performance as a whole, you get to pinpoint inefficiencies and eliminate them. 
it's easier to get rid of a bad process a few months after implementing it rather than a year later. Use technology. When you're running a small business, you'll want to cut costs whenever possible, so it will be tempting to avoid investment in digital tools. These tools, however, end up saving you not just money, but also time and effort in the long run. Automate any processes that you can to channel your company's resources toward processes that need human input. When you automate processes that consume a lot of time, like payroll, staff attendance, and invoicing, you free up time that you can invest elsewhere. Manual day-to-day -day operations take up time and manpower that you could redirect to grow your business. You don't need to send invoices to a dozen customers or do your taxes when software can do it for you. Instead, you can focus your time and energy on attracting investors and growth opportunities. Invest in employee satisfaction. We talked earlier about employee retention, but in this part, I want to talk about keeping your people happy. You can retain miserable employees who do poorly because they're not satisfied with the workplace. What do employees look for in a healthy work environment that would keep them satisfied? Above all else, flexibility. You run a small business, so you don't need to be a stickler for specific working hours. As long as the person does the job well, it shouldn't matter if they come or leave at a specific hour. Moreover, as the world changes around us, so do working conditions. Many companies offer work-from-home days now that give their employees a rest from the tiresome commute. If your work conditions allow it, consider this a good option. Flexibility in a manager lets the employees know that they're not just cogs in a machine. They're people with personal lives who sometimes don't feel well or experience emergencies. Showing empathy and compassion for your people's circumstances increases employee satisfaction and ensures they will remain loyal to you as an empathetic manager. Mistakes to avoid. Part of being a good manager is knowing common pitfalls and how to avoid them. Many small businesses stumble and fall in the first few years because they make mistakes that can be easily avoided. This section will explore some common mistakes that many small business owners make and how you can avoid them. Undercharging your clients. This is a common mistake that small business owners make in an attempt to undercut the competition. You do your market research and learn the average price for the kind of product you want to sell, and then you list yours for a lower price. While this can get you clients, it's usually a huge mistake. In most cases, if you do that, you will find that you're barely making any profit. Once you realize that, you'll be forced to raise prices like the rest of the market. This makes it even worse as consumers feel cheated and think you lured them to do business with you only to raise prices. To avoid that happening, do your homework and understand your product cost, including the manufacturing or import cost and every other associated cost. Take into account shipping, marketing, and other hidden costs. Then, set a reasonable profit margin and offer your product to the consumers. Needless to say, overcharging your clients is just as bad, if not worse. Why would they pay more for your products than the competition if you're not offering higher quality? Neglecting legal paperwork. 
As a small business, there is a lot to be done in terms of making your business legal. You will first need to register your business with the relevant authorities. Then, depending on your location, you could need to get insurance policies, so you have to look into that as well. You should also protect your intellectual property, especially if you're entering the market with a new product that you've developed. This could cost you years in litigation and expenses if you don't. Letting your ego get in the way. Just because you're the business owner doesn't mean you won't need help. You mustn't let your ego get in the way of you asking for help. Startups now have access to many mentoring choices. There are accelerator programs that can guide you as you take your first steps into the world of entrepreneurship. If you want a more personal kind of help, reach out to someone whose expertise you value and ask them to be your mentor. You can also create an advisory board for your business to ask for support and fresh ideas. Avoiding contracts. Never do any business dealing without a contract. This is a huge mistake that many small business owners make. They assume that their good relations with a supplier or even a client can spare them from the paperwork, but not having a contract can tank a business if things go south. It doesn't matter how good your relationship is with someone. Always sign a contract when you're about to enter into a working relationship together. Spending carelessly. You're more than likely to have limited access to funds as a small business, which means you need to be careful with every penny. If you compromise your cash flow, you can doom your business before it really takes off. A common mistake many business owners make is hiring too many people rather than just a few who are right for the job. This is where the steps we outlined earlier really count. With the right hiring process in place, you won't have to hire anyone you don't need. Spend your money wisely, and don't try to bite off more than you can chew. You're a small business starting out, so you don't have to cater to everyone all at once. You just need to focus on giving your target audience the service or product they'd expect from a company like you. Conclusion Running a business is a long journey unlike any you'll experience. You'll learn a lot, not just about the business world, but also about yourself. You'll face things you never thought you'd face, and you'll be a better person for it. Take it slowly, and don't rush in all directions all at once, no matter how tempting it may be to try and be everything you can be. One last piece of advice I'd give you is to pay yourself fairly. Many small business owners don't even take a salary because they want to invest any money they can spare into the company. You are part of the company, and you deserve to be paid for your efforts. But you should also avoid paying yourself too much, because it wouldn't be fair to your employees. Patience is crucial for the success of a small business. Before you make any decision, take the time to consider it, whether it's to hire a new employee, launch the business, or expand. The more time you take to consider every decision from all angles, the more likely you'll make the right decision. Surround yourself with people you trust and whose advice you value. You should never go about this alone, because running a business is a difficult journey if you don't have help.
don't stretch yourself too thin just because you want to generate as much profit as you can. Money will come, but you need to take it slowly to maximize your resources. Burnout is a real problem that affects many business owners who work 12 hours a day and pursue every opportunity. If you follow the tips and guidelines outlined in this book, you will start your business and grow it. However, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, trust the process and remember that slow and steady always wins the race. You are not bound by anyone's time to achieve your dream, and everything you do, you do for yourself and for your team. Finally, enjoy yourself. Running a business doesn't have to be the stressful nightmare that many make it out to be. It can be fun and exciting to go to the office every day to work on your dreams with people you handpicked to share those dreams with you. At the end of the day, unlike working for someone else, you don't have to be there when you run the business. You're doing this because you want to, so you might as well enjoy it. This has been Small Business for Beginners and Dummies. Written by Giovanni Rigders. Narrated by Connor Sullivan. Copyright 2022 by Giovanni Rigders. Production copyright by Giovanni Rigders.